Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask and we say in this service this evening, uh, there is illumination. Our heart is encompassed with the fire to pray. We have much insight into your word this evening. And with the insight we have into your word this evening, we are more burdened to pray. Pray that everyone who will listen to me all over the world, listen to this section all over the world, that that fire will be reignited in everyone's prayer life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright, Fervency in prayer. Are you ready? Fervency in prayer. There is an attitude to prayer that cannot be passive. There is an attitude you and I must have to prayer that is that must not be passive. We must have the right attitude to prayer. And there is something again that you must know. There is no season to prayer because prayer is always. First Thessalonians 5 verse 7. 5, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17. Says praying always without season. So there is no season of prayer because prayer is always. I remember again, there is an attitude to prayer you must have that cannot be passive. Look at Ephesians 6, verse 18. Ephesians 6 18. Ephesians 6 18. It says, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. In our says, watching dear unto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. It says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. You know, people will ask us questions like, oh, why, why do you want to pray fervently? What's, what's the essence of praying fervently? What's, what's the essence? So, uh, can't we just pray coordinated prayers? Can't we, uh, can't, must we shout while praying? Uh, even this song, must we groan? I'm going to teach you groaning on on Sunday. I'm going to explain groaning to you. Must we groan in prayer? What's, what's that? And you know, let me tell you something. The truth is, it is not enough to know the Bible. We must pray. The truth is, so people say, is it not enough to just to know the Bible? You have known the Bible. Why must you still pray? Well, what's the essence? Okay, prayer, prayer, prayer. What's the essence? Huh? What's the essence? See, the Word of God bets a culture of prayer in the life of the believer. I will repeat myself again. The Word of God bets a, pray, a, a, a culture of prayer in the life of the believer. And you know, we used to use this word a lot. Labor. We're laboring for a We're laboring for a Labor is synonymous 
to the word and prayer. They go hand in hand. So you cannot know God's word and not pray. Don't just be a word man. You can quote Greek and Hebrew. Even masoteric texts. You can quote all of those things. And you cannot pray. You know, <laughs> you must be a man that is devoted to prayer. Look at something. And I want to explain a bit of something. Look at James 5 verse 16. James 5 16. James 5 verse 16. Now let's do some quick analysis very quickly. James 5 16. It says, that confess your fault one to another and pray for one another that ye might be healed confessing your fault one to another pray for one another that ye may be healed in us is the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous word availeth much now and the context of that is faults in relationship the context of that text in that james 5 verse 16 is faults in relationships the context is not bodily ill because james already handled the matter of body healing in verse 14 where he says if any sick among you, let him call the elders of the church, let them pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. So James was instructing the saints on how to handle ruptured relationship. That is, broken relationship between saints, just like I taught you in binding and losing. Let's say you have a problem, let's say I have a problem with a brother now me and the brother how do we say to that's what james was 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 explaining and the truth of the matter is it is impossible to have broken relationship between the saints and god it is impossible because the salvation is internal the resurrection is irreversible so the power that secured the saints is the almighty power itself. Let me explain what I'm saying. The power that secures the saints is the almighty power itself. Let me explain what I'm saying. The thing is, if you and I have a problem, or you and I have a problem, let's say we are brothers and sisters and we have a problem, remember what bounded us together is more than what breaks us, alright? So that shows it is impossible for us to have problem with the brother and also have problem with God. It is impossible because it is the same spirit. So indirectly, I have an issue with you, I have a problem somewhere. Do you, does, it, does it make sense? It's the same spirit. Because we have an internal salvation, we have the same spirit. So the saint is secured in the power of the gospel. Or the saint is secured in the almighty power. 
So what was James saying in James, for James 5 verse 16? He says, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. But before he gets to that, and that's one problem Christians have, we don't see that first part. He says, confess your fault one to another, that ye may be healed. Then he now says, the effectual fervent prayer of that righteous man availeth much. So James was saying, don't sweep it under the carpet if you have a problem with somebody. Don't sweep it under the carpet. But confess your faults one to another. Don't feel like what you have. But this prayer teaching, what am I explaining? What am I explaining? Relationship here. You will get there. <laughs> confess your faults one to another that ye may be healed. Confessing your faults one to another means say it out loud so that the person will hear don't go and confess your fault to another in your mind and say the lord has heard it no i will call you and say brother this is it sister this is it so like i used to say this not don't just go and say i'm walking in love everything is fine when it's not fine if it's not really fine address it that's one of the things is confessing your fault one to another. So don't don't let things fall to apart. Uh, especially when things are unsolved. So confessing your fault one to another is you taking responsibility by letting the other saint know that you recognize your mistake. I'll say it again. Confessing your fault one to another is you taking responsibility, taking responsibility by letting the other saints that you have fought know that you recognize your mistake or that there is something that needs to be resolved. So, James. does not say go to the person and accuse the person of all forgiveness towards you but he was saying take responsibilities for your misdeeds or the mistakes in your relationships take responsibilities james was saying take responsibilities for your misdeeds and mistakes in your relationships he now says Confess your fault one to another. That is, say to one another that you <coughs> say to one another. So confess is saying, talk to one another. You have a problem. I say my own. You two have a problem. You say your you confess your fault one to another so that you will be healed. So He now said, look at the verse again. Confessing your fault one to another, the next thing that says, pray for one another. So you have confessed your fault to another. He now says, pray for one another that you will be healed. Who is the sick person that needs healing now? Bible says, who is the sick person that needs healing now? 
the ones who have the broken relationships, right? The ones who are not on good time. So, you know, if it was talking about literal sickness, in verse 14, look at verse 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. That's literal sickness. That's somebody who is sick, right? But now, in verse 16, when it answers, confessing your fault one to another and pray for one another that you will be healed. In biblical context, who is the ones that need healing now? In verse 17. In verse 16, sorry. The, the ones in the relationships. Does that make sense to you now? Now, in answers, pray for one another that you will be healed. So the healing is in their relationship. So that means in their prayer for one another, they pray to receive a they pray to receive and or to receive an healed relationship. Or a healed relationship. They pray to receive a healed relationship. So what kind of prayer the genes now say they should pray? Let's look at it again in verse 17, in verse 16. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. Who are the one another now? The ones who are having problems with one another. The ones who are sick, not, not sick, sick in the sense of you are, you are having problems with another brother, right? Who are sick with one another now. And I says, pray for one another that you will be healed. Now, what kind of prayer? The James now say they should pray the next statement. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. So, what kind of prayer? Effectual, fervent prayer. Now, watch carefully. So, when you are having a problem with a brother, and you pray for one another. It will not be a three-second prayer. Hallelujah. Praise God. We, we walk in our healing. We walk in love. We walk in love. <laughs> glory, glory to God as we walk in love. I, I am born of God. I walk. I walk in love. I, I walk in love. I, I receive. Uh, you want to be that as a glory, glory. Oh. <laughs> James says, <laughs> James says, the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. You, you want to go and say, you are walking in love. <laughs> you know, you will not say, I'm walking in love. I'm walking in love. I walk in love. Show I, I, I act on love. I see love. I, I, I dip myself in love. I swim in love. That's not a three seconds prayer. That will not be. That will not be confessing. You know. You know. You know. But because of laziness, but of laziness, you know we walk in love. <laughs> You know, we walk alone. We walk alone. 
There's not one thing that I strain the Lord. You know, listen. The fervency that has been poured into hurting one another. You know, when you are hungry, there's a fervent. There's that. I'm going to explain fervency very soon. There's that fervency you have. It's as though you. I will never forget pastors' illustration that your eyes will be popping out. There is <laughs> that fervency you are like, oh, uh, uh, what happened to you? That same fervency. I want you to say you should put it back. You don't pray for one another. <laughs> so it's as though it's bring back the energy, <laughs> bring back our energy. I shall bring back our energy. So that energy you say, I will stop you today, I will block you. Ah, eh. That energy. <laughs> you come at you come at replicating times two in prayer. <laughs> Pharmacy. Somebody say Pharmacy in prayer. <laughs> Somebody say Pharmacy in prayer. Say Pharmacy in prayer. The Pharmacy that has been poured into hurting one another is now directed into praying for one another. We are redeeming the time. That same energy, the energy like sister, his okay. sister Konsani's voice, energy <laughs> that you put a pumped into hurting one another. Both of you have now gotten angry. Ah! You have done the undo. Or you have undo the done. <laughs> Anyone. That same energy, James says, he put it back into praying for one another. So that will not be, Hallelujah, we walk in love. <laughs> you know, you would not say, Hallelujah, we, we are not walking in love now. <laughs> when you pray, fighting. <laughs> so that fervency is not directed into praying for one another. And this is the prayer that avails much. In restoring a broken relationship, James gave us the solution. He says that is the prayer. He says the effectual father prayer. Because now, if you want to read it in context, do you not make, does it not make sense? He now says the effectual father prayer of the righteous man, available. Who is the righteous man? The saints in the relationship who are praying for one another so that there will be restoration in the relationship. It could be their friendship, it could be anything. It could be their supernatural relationship. The same fathers. So, mighty power is required for restoring relationship. Or, let me see. Mighty power for restored relationship is hiding in your spoken prayer for one another. Mighty power for restored relationships or restored fellowship. Because the truth of the matter is if you are hurting, if you are not feeling good, your fellowship and your communication or your spiritual life won't go as good as it ought to. That's the truth. No matter you want to prepare so there is somewhere you have to deal with. And you that is why you will not pump the energy back to prayer. So that's why I said 
mighty power for restored fellowship is hiding in your spoken prayers for one another. And it is time to release that power. In this series, as we, or in this month, we will release power. Someone say, I will release power. I will release power. We will release power. Johannes said, Johannes said, the choice is ours. I'm quoting her. She said, the choice is ours. We can pray board prayers or fervent prayers. We can pray vain repetitions all week. Or we, shall, or, we, or we can shake the gates of hell. Fervency or complacency spells the difference between the victory or the loss. I believe that because the truth of the matter is this. The, the more fervent we are in our prayers, is the more power we generate and is the more result we gather. Kennedy again says, little prayer, little results. More prayer, more results. And that's the truth. Pastor Efe told me something later. And he said, the truth of the matter is we are in a season and time where it's as though what took great men of old in the 1990s, in the 1890s, years or hours, let's say 12 hours to accomplish that. Let's say they pray 12 hours, 13 hours, 3 hours, 4 hours, 8 hours, 24 hours in their day to accomplish. And we come out, they come out and they see results, mighty move of God. In our today's day, because the times has changed, it can take us a week to labor in prayer. To gather that same kind of result. Somebody say, Fabrice in prayer. Look at Romans. Now, does that make sense to you, people? Because I'm still going to come back to this test. Does that James 5 16 and 14 and all of those things make sense to you, people, now? All right. Now, look at Romans 12, verse 11. I'm coming back to that very soon. Look at Romans 12, verse 11. Romans 12, 11. Romans 12, 11. It says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the law. That's an instruction. It says, do not be slothful in business. Be fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Now, what does fervent mean? Fervent in the Greek is from the Greek word Z-E-O, Z-O. So it is Z-O. Z-E-O, fervent. It means to boil. <laughs> Fervent means to boil, to bubble over, to boil. Figuratively, it means to boil over. You know, 
How many of you have boiled water before and that is starts out the proper blah, 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 blah. It, that way, especially when there's over boil, it's very hot, the steams and everything. That's how it to boil, to be on the to be on the edge. Ah. To show zeal. You can't be fervent in prayer and we will not know. Oh. <laughs> See. Your prayer life is about to change after this series. <laughs> I'm saying it again. Your prayer life is about to change after this series. Ah, you cannot appear. Your prayer life is about to change after this series. One thing about prayer is prayer will consume you. Yeah? We need to get to the times where prayer consumes us. You know when you are boiling that water? It's as though if you, you know, if you put your hand inside that water, the water does not respect whether you are the one that boiled it. <laughs> the water will burn you. So that shows there is a certain amount of energy that is required of us as a Christian. We have to be on the edge every time. Fervency in prayer. We, it's from the Greek word zeo, to boil. Are we boiling in prayer or we are cooking? Which one? <laughs> or, like me and my friend used to say, I will fry you, I will, I will, I will grill you, I will roast you. <laughs> we we'll send pictures to one another and say, Are you grilled yet or you are toasted? Or, or you are roasted? I'm sure she's listening to me now. <laughs> the truth is, you have to be boiling. Martin Luther said that the busier he became, the more time he spent in prayer. He says the more responsibility he had to shoulder, the earlier he got up in the morning. But the truth is, with us, it is often the opposite. The busier we become, the less time we are you spending in prayer. That's the truth. See, the more busy you become, the more busy the work of ministry become, the more busy your prayer life. Don't say, ah, I'm talking to many of you. Don't say, ah, I have to preach, I have to be personal, I have to give reports, I have to do this. Then, your prayer life is going down. And I still have to go to work. I have conferences to preach at. I have this and that to preach at. You now forget your prayer life. Ah! <laughs> How do you want to live? <laughs> don't joke with your prayer life, brother, sister. Don't joke with your prayer life. Point to somebody say, don't joke with your prayer life. <laughs> don't joke with it. Fathers in prayer, you boil. So, when you, the more busy you become, the more you have to double up. You get that? You double up. You create the time. The more he, it will cut your, shit, your sleeping time short. I've always told you that. Prayer must be clothed with fervency. Prayer must be clothed with fervency, with strength, and with power. And you know what? Fervency is not silent. You know when that water finished boiling or is hot, the house is, the house is in trouble. Everybody knows that something just happened. 
especially with our kettles in this place. Our kettles it start sounding, right? It will start sounding. Fervency is not silent. You can't be fervent and your mouth is short. People used to say a close mouth is a close destiny. I agree. As regarding this teaching, I agree. You can't be quiet and be fervent. You have to be speaking. Ah! Somebody mistakenly taught you. You are just going on the go. You are just on the go. You are just on the go. You are just on the go. So, the word fervent, like I said, is from the Greek word zeal. It means to boil over. To be zealous for. Passionate about. How passionate are you about prayer? I've come to awaken and shake you in these coming days. How passionate are we about prayer? How zealous, when we say prayer, how zealous are you about prayer? How? See, we have to be that Christian that some See, I want to be personally, I want to be that Christian that somebody will get close to me like this. Just by talking to me, the person is already having the urgency to go and pray. I told you I have a friend. The guy prays so much, and I'm going to mention his name to give him the credit, Jim Joaquin. He prays so much. If I'm feeling down, I just call him. Just by call. Hello, man of God. And the next thing is I'm praying. I, the, the urgency to pray is back. Yeah? Just on the call. Just imagine you now get close to him. And just talk. Just call. And this is now. Huh. Good morning, sir. Hello, emoji, sir. How are you, sir? Hey. As he just said that. Yeah? In my head, I just start talking in tongues under my breath. I will lie and do most of the talking so that I can, I can gather. There was one time last year I was feeling down. I just, oh, I just called this guy. The next one hour I was not done praying. That is how I want us to be. Somebody and it is getting close to you. Maybe it's just me like, ah, I think there is God. I need to be praying. <laughs> Boil over. Because when you are boiling, eh, your boiling is not for yourself, oh. it's for people. And like I tell you, some of you that are, you are still praying silent storm. Oh, all those things we are weak to be. Fabency is not quiet. You are still telling, oh, sir, oh, bless you, Jesus. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Prayer must be clothed or must be clothed with fabency, strength, and what? Passionate you about prayer. Prayer is still how it works. I'll tell you today. As a result of this teaching, I'll tell you, prayer is I will not lie to you. I've seen things in these years. Prayer is still how it works. No matter the plans you want to make, prayer is still how it works. Prayer is the steering wheel. See, I was telling some people, I say, I don't know how to plan. I don't do. 
Just let me be praying. Prayer is still how it works. It's not by suit. A lot of people have gotten carried away in this hour days because you don't want to wear suit and hold my and be saying, the Greek word is zero. It just means boiling over and um, zealous for and uh, passionate. It's, it's like we will quote the Greek word. But behind the Greek word, there was a papa backing it up. As if he was telling him about the guy. He said, this guy, he believes that if you want to preach one hour, you must have done eight hours prayer. That's the level we are about to enter soon. Very soon. You want to preach one hour? You have locked yourself inside a dungeon for eight hours. One, he said, he was telling me about one, one meeting. Somebody somewhere was preaching. And his voice, let's say he was preaching here. And let's say kilometers away, the person's voice supernaturally, just not through my supernaturally, they were hearing that voice in the hostel. And all of them ran out from their hostels and came to the meeting to surrender and receive the life of God. Ha! Ah, that's fervency. Fervency in prayer. Fervency in prayer that will consume you. You'll be wondering, what am I still doing with 30 minutes prayer? You, you, you will lock your door. 72 hours, you are still not done. 80 hours, you are still wondering, I'm still starting. Abosuleiman heard some stories some days, so, sometimes ago. He locked himself up for five days. <laughs> did not come out. Did not see the sun or the moon. By the time he came out, you will know that something has to happen. So, something has to happen. That's fallacy in prayer. Brethren, these are the days to pray. Like I told you, there is no season of prayer because the constancy of prayer is always. And there is something about prayer, like I said to you, there is something and an attitude about prayer that cannot be passive. So Ephesians 6, 18, I've read it to you. Prayer demands diligence. How diligent and passionate are you about prayer? It is not an activity we should engage in like a daisy let time pass. No. Prayer demands diligence. It's an activity that demands our consistency and diligence. Prayer demands diligence. Our own being must be involved in prayer. Prayer will consume you. It will love. It will. A very vital attitude in prayer is being fervent, being serious, being passionate about who and what we are praying about. You have to be passionate. You are praying about your disciples. How passionate are you? Some of you have even stopped praying. Or because you got familiar with the person. You stop praying. 
for them. Ah, repent. You are praying for somebody. You are saying, Shalabana. How? The, the, is the person in your heart. How passionate. We are praying for North America. How passionate are you that the gospel has to prevail all over North America? If this passion is not in you, you will catch this passion of our teaching. You want to heal the sick. How passionate are you about it? You will not heal the sick via I, I can heal the sick. I, I, I walk in the I walk in the light. Oh, you will walk in the light too, but you will pray. You want to preach the gospel and the heart of men are convicted. How true to the end you? I spent my life. I was praying and I, I was going through some revivals. Mind blowing. Ah! I even found that one in Hartford City in Indiana here. Had to Google the place to check how many kilometers away where it happened. We want to touch lives. We want Muslims, atheists, pagans to be saved. How passionate are you about it? You know you know God's word. You have studied. You know how to preach. Now, how passionate are you to carry that mission? You want to get people saved. You want men to be receptive to your ministry. How passionate are you about it? Remember, fervent means zeal. It means to boil over. To bubble. How passionate are you about it? You want to reach the nations of the earth. You want to leave your footprint on the sands of the time. How passionate are you about it? You want God to use you. Raise the dead. Mighty miracles erupt. How passionate are you about it? That's why James used that word, the effectual fabric. That's what why was it? Why did he say the effectual fabric? Is to show us the attitude the believer that is you and I should have in prayer. It says the effectual fabric. That is that should be our attitude in prayer. The effectual fervent prayer. So that, that means there is an attitude you and I must have that cannot be passive in prayer. The effectual fervent. So that shows in prayer. One attitude we must have is in Amplified Version, it says. The endless heart felt. In James 1, go back to that James 5 in the Amplified Version. This is the endless heart felt. Seventeen in the amplified. He says, 
He says, okay. He says, with Nietzsche's Bible 16, he says, the art felt and persisted. He, 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 the art felt and persistent prayer of the righteous man. Look at what he says. Can accomplish much when put in action and made effective by God. Ew. It is dynamic and has tremendous power. Wow. Wow. That shows there is an attitude to prayer we must have. An art felt. That was why in verse 17, it now says, Elijah was a man of like passion. What was James teaching us? That is, Elijah was like you and I. A man, Elijah was like a believer, like you and I. But he was a man who had an attitude of fervency in prayer. So what was James doing? James used Elijah's story to teach us. He said, Elijah prayed earnestly that it will not rain. That's fervency. He was passionate for a cause. He put his goal on a cause. One man, look at, look at it. One man had the, the town bound for three years. Three and a half years, just via his prayer, and rain did not fall. So that shows if you are now passionate to hold the cold and the snow in this state, we can. We will just pray fervently, put our desire to a cause. <laughs> Bridget, prayer is there it works. Prayer is there it works. Prayer is still the, is still the magic. It is still how it works. So Elijah had that attitude of fervency in prayer. And the Bible says, the endless heartfelt. Heartfelt means the emotions of the believer must be involved in supplicating for others. That is, your emotions have to, have to be involved in prayer. Don't just pray like a daisy Don't just pray like someone that don't have bearing. Don't pray like you want to waste time or because you want to count how many hours you want to pray. You know, that's what we do. Yes, I'm not saying you will not check your time. You check the time. But don't pray because you are trying to count how many hours and say, I prayed seven hours. In the seven hours, how many, ways, how many places did your mind travel to? Yes, your mind will travel. But bring the mind back. Bring it back. It's a thousand. Ah! Bring it back. Father, say in prayer. How passionate are you for a cause? 
Heartfelt means your emotions will be involved. So when you are praying for that your disciple, when you are praying for that person, that's why you will see sometimes you see yourself crying. You see yourself sighing. You see yourself groaning. I'm going to explain groaning to you next week. You, you, you will see yourself naked. You will be in a deep-seated prayer. Just pray. Has that person, have you been burdened about that soul before? And that person is what you are just, that there must be a change of this course. Five verse in prayer. Look at Hebrews 5 verse 7. Hebrews 5 verse 7. Hebrews 5 verse 7. It says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, with what? Strong crying. This is Jesus. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with what? Strong crying and tears. Unto him was able to save him from death. I was heard in that he feared. Crying and tears did displayed a man's emotion in prayer. So that shows Jesus' emotions was involved in the praying. Look at Matthew 26, verse 36 to 38. Matthew 26, verse 36 to 38. It says, It says, Matthew 26, verse 36 to 38. It says, Then cometh Jesus with them and said unto them, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And said unto his disciples, Sit here while I go yonder and while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful. Hey, look at the passion. He began to be sorrowful and were heavy. Look at verse 38. Then he said unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even Unto death, tarry ye here and watch with me. So Jesus was passionate about this prayer. Look at Mark 14, verse 33 to 35. Mark 14. Sorrowful describes. A man's emotion. A man's emotion. Your emotion must be involved. You can't just... There is an attitude to prayer. You must have that cannot be passive. Mark 14, verse 33 to 35. 
He says, And he thick within Peter and James and John and began to be so amazed and be very heavy. And he said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. He now says, And he went forward a little, fell on the ground, prayed that if it were possible, this hour may pass over. That was bodies. Jesus caught body. Jesus was sorrowful. Many of us don't know how to catch bodies in prayer. From today, you start catching bodies. As though many of you don't know what bodies means. I'm going to explain it to you. When you see something that is wrong, that's a body in prayer. You see a disciple not doing well, that's a body. You see atheists still roaming about, that's, that's why you go for outreaches. You see a lot of people you talk to, you see, that's a body in prayer that needs to be fueled up. There is an attitude to prayer you must have that you cannot be passing. And look at Luke 22, verse 41 to 44. Luke 22, verse 41 to 44. Luke 22, verse 41 to 44. 22. He says, and it was withdrawn from them, and it was withdrawn from them about a stone cast. Look at Jesus' attitude. He knelt down prayed. Verse 42, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy be done. You know? People will read this and say, Jesus did not pray that much. He only said, Father, if their cup be we, let, it, let their cup pass over me. <laughs> this is the summary of hours he prayed. Did they shut in for you? <laughs> Are you getting this? That's the summary of his prayer point. Of his, ah, hey, ooh, ah, that's the summary. <laughs> that the four gospel writer put for you. So don't go and be like some people, some mischievous people who say, Jesus did not, the only thing was just a father. So you tell and say, Father, I pray for Abraham that his stubborn head will stop. Father, if this die, let, let this stubborn head be pass away. Father, let it pass away. Oh. I love, I love you in Tokyo. Hey, 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 Look at verse 43. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Somebody said, he just prayed, Father, let it be their call. An angel came. Why have angel not come to you since? 
you don't know it's mighty prayer that that give room for those things to happen supernatural encounter supernatural is prayers that brought birth them verse 44 and being in agony ayah hey brethren i don't know about you the bible says i'm being in agony he prayed more earnestly just like elijah have you seen the pattern father's in prayer the bible james says he prayed earnestly jesus too said he prayed earnestly and he sweats. Hey, Kaya was shut up. He sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Somebody said something one time, and I, I, I bet to believe it that what Jesus did on the cross was as a result of the prayer in Gethsemane. So that shows we can't rule out prayers, even from, from the redemption plan. <laughs> agony describes a man's emotion so when he says in, in, in agony that shows his emotion he was burdened he was displeased you see things happening in your family ah, that's an adventure that's an adventure for you in prayer that is a body you have to catch in prayer you see you see that things are not going well you see, your disciple is head is turning left and right. That's fervency in prayer. That's time for you to, to plug on to fervency in prayer. You see that things are not going as it's supposed. Ah. Switch on your fervency in prayer. You can't be like a Daisika about prayer. You can't be lazy about it. Remember what fervent means? Zero to boil over, to bubble, to be passionate. How passionate are you about souls? How? And I told you, Prayer demands diligence. It is an activity that we must engage in that demands our diligence and consistency. How consistent are you about that so you pray? Are you, that's why Paul will say, I, I cease not to give them to you, making mention of you in my prayer. That was, that, that cease not shows you that in his heart, all that if you caught his heart, what is there is ah, the efficient church. Ah, that's why in first Corinthians 14 18, he says, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than you. He was praying. How passionate are you about souls? How passionate are you to walk the miraculous? How passionate are you to raise the dead? How passionate are you to preach the gospel? Well, you will bet your passion in prayer. Ah! Father in prayer. Let it begin to rise up now in your inside. Enough of joking in prayer. Enough of laughing in prayer. 
enough of earpiece in prayer. You know, listening to I'm forever grateful. And you, you are never grateful for yourself. Enough of they say when you will pray, you will you will not remember that you need music. Fabency in prayer. Fabency in prayer. Fabens is from the Greek word zeo to boil. Ah, you know how you boil in anger. You know how you boil in anger. You are just angry. You are just not happy. You are just displeased. You are just oh oh. Imagine we burn that same energy prayer. You know when you are angry, you are focused. You are just thinking about that person. All you want to vent your anger is that person. Imagine we, we redeem the time and burn that same energy over that soul, over North America, over that nation, over that continent, over that person, over that disciple, over that, uh, over that course, over that walk, over that fellowship. Oh, oh ah, Jesus. Father, in prayer. How passionate are you? Over a course, how hungry are you to see a result? I've been studying something not true today. Reading, there is the move of God we have not seen, except we pray. I say strongly in my spirit that if only we can pray, the move of God that has never been recorded in the history, in history, we can bet it. And it can happen all over the nations if only we can pray. I'm telling you this by the Spirit of God. There is a move of God. There is a wave of glory that is about to hit the nations of the earth through us only if we can pray. Ah, brethren, how fervent are you? Enough of. See, there's a way you will pray. You will forget that. You will forget that. You even walk close. Sorry to say. It will be like you want to roll mad. Ah. Prayer. Prayer. You can't be like a daisica about it. We can't have this a little approach. I told you, Kennedy, you can say little prayer, little result. Much prayer, more results. Yeah? Enough of big boy in prayer. And big angels are, oh, shut up. Ah. Bible says, Jesus offered up in the days of his flesh. He offered up with strong crying. Ah. Fathers in prayer. Remember I told you, prayer will consume you. I want us to plug into an adventure, a fervency in prayer. Let prayer overwhelm us. Where we, we don't even know time or day anymore. I want us to, to get to that point. We don't know time or day anymore. We just want to pray. 
We want to lose ourselves in the place of prayer. We forget all bygones and just focus on what God alone can do. The God of missions. The God that makes things possible. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of Elijah. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus. The one who Paul prayed to. Ah, the one who Peter prayed to. They saw results. They saw mighty results. Moses saw mighty results. There is that move of God that is about to eat the nations of the world. Only we can pray. And it's possible. How hungry are you? How hungry are you for the nations? How hungry are you for the souls? How hungry are you for harvest? For supernatural? How hungry are you for the miraculous? How hungry are you to raise the dead? How hungry are you to heal the sick? You can't heal the sick by saying, How hungry are you to do mighty works? How hungry? Look at that 4 verse 29. Remember, fervency is not silent. When you bubble up and boil up, you are not quiet. There is an attitude you about have towards prayer. You can't be quiet. You can't be fucking under your breath. It will, it will well up. Hard for 29. At 4.29. Favency in prayer. Favency in prayer. I desire the nations of the earth. I desire souls to be saved. I desire miracles all over the world. Ah, I don't know about you. I desire the move of God like never before. I desire that the dead is being raised back to life. How ugly are you? Ah, how hungry are you for a change? Your fellowship is stagnant. Your cell meetings are stagnant. Your disciples are looking, they are looking like kwashoko. How hungry are you for that change? It cannot be done. It can only be done via prayer. It can't be done via, they are not picking my call. Why are you not texting me back? Ah, ah, it's only prayer. It's only prayer. How hungry are you? Look at that 4 verse 29. They say, And now, Lord, behold thy strengthness, and grant unto thy servant boldness, that they might speak thy word. It now says, By stretching forth thy hands to heal, thy signs and wonders may be done. In the name of the Holy Child Jesus, look at verse 31. When they had prayed, that's, that is not a gentleman prayer. That's not a prayer you stand up there and say, ah, oh, yeah. No. It is when they are prayed, brethren, brethren, brethren. The place was shaking. They could not have prayed gentleman prayer. And the place would shake. They say, when we will pray? Pastor Adibu is ahead of the story. Pastor Adibu, you prayed. There was an earthquake. Ha! Ah, brethren, 
One man's prayer. One man's prayer called Elijah. Just because he prayed fervently. Seven times did not mean he just prayed Shalabara. Go and check. One. No. Seven times could mean seven days. Seven times could mean seven years. Seven times could mean seven months. That could be what Elijah prayed. You and I know that to, 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 hold, the, to hold the world down for three and a half years will require much power to put there. You and I know that. That to hold something down will require much power. Bible says, and when they are prayed, you cannot bear fervently. It says, and when they were assembled together, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost means they spoke in tongues and with utterances. The utterance gives was our work. Because you will boil over with prayer. You will just boil over. I'll ask yourself some few questions. And I'll leave you to decide. How hungry are you for the move of God? How hungry are you for God to use you? How hungry are you for a change all over North America, all over New York, all over Indiana, all over Virginia, all over Minnesota, all over Fargo, all over Canada, all over Mexico, all over the world? How hungry are you? It cannot be done via strategy. It cannot be done via <laughs> three seconds. I lay my bed, I talk in tongues, and I sleep. <laughs> it can't be done via that. It can only be done via the mighty hands of prayer. Prayer is not fervent. It's not silent, I mean. Father in prayer. Prayer will consume you. There's a time you will pray, you forget that you, you even forget whether food exists. Let's be that man of prayer. Are you ready to pray this evening? Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's well up some fathers in prayer. Let's plug in into a dimension of prayer we have never plugged into before. Ah, let's pray. Only prayer can do this. Shake yourself. Enough of that coldness in prayer. Dust yourself. If you have been standing in one position, see, there's a way you pray, you forget who. There's a way you pray, you forget who. Ah, see, your life is hanging on the wealth of prayer. Your ministry, what God has called you to do, is hanging on the, on the, on the foundation of prayer. You pray. Your prayer determines your journey, how far you will go. Let there be that fervency of prayer. Let that be that fervency of prayer. How passionate are you for souls? How passionate are you for miracles? That your disciple that is telling, I cannot talk, I cannot do. How have you, have you prayed fervently with your emotions? Heart felt me for that person and you do not see a change. Elijah held a city held back for three years. 
What has your prayer changed? If you have not changed anything before through your prayer, it's time to do in this series. This has to shift. This has to shake. This has to shift. Lift your voice. More than you have ever lifted it before. Let there be a word of prayer. Oh, no! Begin to pray. 